You're listening to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. Hello, mates. Welcome back to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. And today we've got a bloody treat for you. We are joined with our dear friend and the very talented voice actor, Ivy Dupler. How are you today, dear? I'm good. How are you doing? Lovely. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, of course. We're here for you, Ivy. Oh, and there's, there's Nana. Yeah, hi guys. <laughs> yeah, we're always here. It's no big deal. I'm here for you guys. This is fun. And glad we can make it happen, finally. <laughs> so Ivy has been in some, some really cool things. Um, I mean, you, you, you've got a Marvel credit in your IMDb, which is impressive, right? That's yeah. like what you, the thing to bloody be in these days. You've got um, <laughs> Marvel's Avengers Academy, you've got uh, God School, you've got Loveland with uh, Hugo Weaving. Um, but on, <laughs> yeah. you know, based on the, the genre, the title of this podcast, the games that you've been on, three of which are, are just bloody mint, and, and I've honest <laughs> to God played and loved three of them, um, which was Whispers of Machine, Lamplight City, and Unavowed. So for yes. our listeners, go check them things out if you haven't already, and you'll hear her lovely voice there as well. <laughs> and I guess I'll, I'll kind of start us off, um, Ivy. Um, I, I guess the most recent one that, that I played was Whispers of a Machine. Was that the mm -hmm. most recent one that you've completed? Um, it is the... Let me think. <laughs> like, what's out now? Um, I'm fairly certain that is... Uh, I mean, little things here and there, but as far as, like, games of this genre goes, I would say Whispers of Machine is the most recent project I've completed that is currently released. Yes. <laughs> okay. So that, that's a yes with an asterisk mark. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's, a lot of, it's a lot of things, a lot of things, in a good way, a lot of things going on. But uh, yes, that one is is out. It's here. It's good. <laughs> yeah. That game was really cool. You played Vera England, I believe? Yes. Yes. Right on. So I was wondering, just to kind of get the ball rolling, like, what's... What's kind of like, if you could paint a picture of like behind the scenes for us, as far as doing voice acting for video game character, um, some of the things that, that we don't see that, that goes on, um, as far as like direction and, you know, I, I was even curious, like how many days does it take, you know, going in and out of a studio mm -hmm. for a few days or one day or, or just so some of them things, if you wouldn't mind enlightening us on what it's like <laughs> to, to do these things behind the scenes. Totally. So for uh, for Whispers of Machine, I actually voiced the protagonist in that one. So Vera is the player character, the protagonist of the game. So that was by far the most amount of work I've ever had to do for a single game. So that took a little over 18 hours total <laughs> to record all of Vera's lines. I forget how many there were in total, but it was a lot. <laughs> and you do each line minimum of like two, three takes, some more if you're <laughs> if you're having trouble getting it. Um, but yeah, and that was broken out over over a period of three days. Ideally, it would have been closer to like six days, but other commitments, etc. We broke it into basically like six hour working days. So it'd be like three hours in the booth, an hour break, three hours back in the booth. And then I'd take a like, so I did it like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So like Monday, three hours on break, three hours on rest day three hours on break like that kind of thing um and i was fortunate enough that i worked with uh dave gilbert from wajedai games uh for that game so he didn't develop it um but uh he was the voice director for that game so by that point we'd already worked with each other for an about um so that was and he's also like one of my like personal close friends so, so that was a nice experience and that uh you know we're very comfortable working with each other um 
And uh, the process was basically I'd just show up to the studio every day. Uh, I'd be nice and most days buy him a coffee, even though I would not drink coffee because caffeine's not great for you when you're about to record. I don't really know why, but they say don't do it. So I didn't do it. So, <laughs> um, And it was also another dumb fun fact is that we recorded that over like probably the coldest week I've ever experienced in my life, like barring when I lived in Boston. It was so freaking cold that week. It was horrible. So I was really afraid showing up like, oh, God, I'm going to like sound terrible or whatever. So um, just had to like leave all that outside. Um, and I was also fortunate that uh, when we recorded that game, the we got the big booth, or at least I did. Everyone had different recording schedules. They were doing some renovations at the studio. And <laughs> for some reason, at least when I recorded, I ended up with like the biggest booth they have there. It was like absurdly large like the largest bo- the i had to wear my glasses to be able to see the lines like they were across the room um <laughs> on a giant monitor which was great so i could really like emote and stuff like that but um which came in handy for all the uh walla which refers to nonverbal uh or um uh, not nonverbal you know what i'm talking about uh duh, what am i trying to say non-word noises you know what i mean just all the noises like okay yeah like now you're getting electrocuted now you're falling off a building now you're dying from a gunshot wound now you're slitting your i haven't done any of those recently (laughs) oh okay i I thought you meant in the game i was like oh spoilers (laughs) or in real life yeah it's a lot so yeah, so that was kind of fun to have that physical space to play with. But uh, but other than that, I also was crazy and I insisted on standing, <laughs> recording everything. Um, so it's funny because when I've mentioned before that it took 18 hours to do and it'd be like three hours, then a break, then three hours, again, that kind of thing. Um, people have asked like, oh my God, you, your voice must have been so tired. It's like, not really, because I saved all the screams and yells and all, all that stuff till the very end of the, like the last 15 minutes of the last day of recording. Um, it was more just my back and my feet that hurt <laughs> from just standing there and just like saying things. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's fun because a lot of people don't realize, I think, um, that for most professional, uh, games when you record them, you're very lucky if you get the script like a day in advance. Like for for yeah for for whispers and for uh, lamplight and and uh, unavowed as well. All those I got the script a couple of days in advance, but the script for Vera was like, I think if not like hundreds of pages. It was it was long because they gave me like the whole the whole game, <laughs> everything to like understand and stuff. So, you know, you don't you don't go into it being like I have my performance down. This is memorized. Like no you. You should show, like, ideally, it's good when you have an understanding of what's what's going on. But for uh, for a lot of games, you don't even have that luxury. It's just all code names, code name character, code name game. Like, you don't know what you're doing day of, and you know you have to rely on the the director and your skills with sight reading as as an actor to interpret like what's what's happening here. Um, and it was extra interesting with whispers because um, you know the the director didn't develop it. The developers are in Sweden, so. Um, it's there were moments sometimes where we'd come across um, a line or something like that where it's just like I would have a question like oh is this is this meant to be sarcastic or sincere and then it might be you know Dave might be like oh uh, I don't know let's try both like that kind of thing <laughs> and there were moments where sometimes like you know they they allow you to play with the script sometimes so it could be like you know what I know this is written as this but you know you and I we both we feel Vera wouldn't say that I don't think she'd say that so you know what making a note we're gonna try it this way also you guys pick what you like you know what i mean and i i you could you could tell it's like oh it's it's interesting always to hear like what takes they went with um so it's nice it's like a nice uh 
I don't know. It's not like you're showing up kind of like, okay, like, say it exactly how I want it. Bye. It's like, no, both the the director slash developer um, should be open to your interpretation as an actor, but you also should be willing to listen to direction and their vision and what they want. So it's like an interesting uh, balance and it's a very like collaborative kind of thing to sort of make that character come together. Not always would I even have the other half of the conversation. It's already a luxury if they actually give you the scene so you can even see what the line is in response. Because that, especially for stuff like Whispers, where not only is it the protagonist, she's a detective. It's lots of questions. So, like, for certain things, you know, we do different uh, different takes on certain stock lines. Like, uh, if you've played the game, um, you, you would know that, like, it, there are a couple of murders you're trying to solve. So it's like... One of the characters who was murdered is called uh, Carl Oscarson. So, like, numerous times you ask people, like, did you know Carl Oscarson? But you had, I had to do a different way. So it'd be like, did you know Carl Oscarson? Did you know Carl Oscarson? Like, different reads on it. So it's like, it would make sense if, like, we're having a conversation about Carl. So then they'd use the line, the take that's like, did you know him? Versus, like, if you just, someone goes, hey, what's up? And you go, did you know Carl Oscarson? You wouldn't open it with like, did you know him? It's like, that sounds weird. You know what I mean? So for certain lines like that, we do multiple uh, takes on them and things like that. I know I'm pretty certain if I'm, memory serves, at least when I recorded uh, Lamplight City with Francisco Gonzalez, I'm fairly certain um, he said lines. He would like run lines with me. Like he'd read the line and then I do the response, that kind of thing. Pretty certain that happened with Lamplight. I'm trying to recall. Pretty certain. Um, which is a nice luxury. That's like the first and only time that's ever happened. So that was cool. Um, but yeah, for the for the for the uh, most part, though, um, you're just sort of relying on your own um, intuition. And, you know, if like the I'm sure if the, this didn't exactly happen, I don't believe with whispers. But I feel like if if I were to have said something so off it's like you know maybe dave would have been able to recall because he's directing everybody like oh actually we're doing it more you know what i mean and there's definitely been moments with stuff because a lot of things i record are remotely i do them from home not in a studio sometimes not even with a director in real time so i'll just get the script some top line notes of direction maybe some like little notes for certain lines like how they should be said do it send it back um and there was a project i did that for where the the guy wrote me back, the director, and he was just like, oh, you know, this was great on this. Thank you. Except um, I should have been clearer because, uh, you know, the intensity you had at the start of the scene, you kept it throughout. But actually, by that point, you know, the guy with the gun already shot it. So the tension's gone. So actually, can you redo the entire second half of that? Because you're like shouting the lines back to him while he's speaking very calm at this point. So redo. It's like, oh, OK. So uh, you mentioned that you like to stand up to perform. Now, I, I used to sing mm -hmm. a lot as a kid, and I'd always want to be standing to sing because mm -hmm. I felt I could get the most range. Is that mm -hmm. sort of a part of why you stand as well? Yeah. Um, I've heard you don't want to crunch your in instrument, as people put it. Um, and I just kind of got used to that, and I always record my little closet, which is like the size of me, so I can't sit even if I wanted to. Huh? Like <laughs> a lot of that. Um and I've just gotten used to it. It feels more natural. I don't really do audiobooks, but I know a lot of people I know who record audiobooks prefer sitting, which makes sense to me. It's like, oh, it's like, you know, you're just like, you know, you're reading. I get it's also like a test of endurance when you do audiobook stuff. So it's like makes sense to want to sit. But um, especially when I'm doing things for video game stuff, it's like I wanna be I wanna be in it. I wanna literally be on my feet and like in the scene kind of thing. And it just it just helps. It's like a mental thing as well as the the physical thing with like not wanting to 
crunchier instrument. <laughs> Being able to emote say. correctly, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I was uh, just like last night. Me and me and my son were 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 mucking about with Indiana Jones: Fate of Atlantis, and and while I was playing it, as I clicked the wrong location over and over again, and and Indy's like, you know. I don't, one of them adventure tropes, like, that don't fit there. Well, they don't mm-hmm. talk like that. Um, <laughs> that doesn't fit there. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. you can't do that. You know, all those like adventure game lines. Yeah. What's, what was that like for you having to say, say those specific lines that you'll, that any given player will hear a thousand times, you know, throughout any adventure game, like whispers, like, you know, <laughs> that doesn't seem to be working. Like, do you just, do you give it like 10, 20 tries <laughs> each line? How's that work? Oh, that was one of my favorite parts. <laughs> that was my that was in some ways my favorite part of report, recording the game. My 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 favorite part, like I have my actual like like actor answer of just like, oh, the emotional scenes. Because that was my favorite, like from that standpoint. I got like very into it. But my stupid favorite parts, um, <laughs> in a fun way, stupid favorite, were all the and this is like related to that, like all the uh, observation lines. Like there's a line where you see a lemon plant, like a little lemon tree in your room. And Vera, you click on it and she just goes, nice big lemon. And I'm like, I love this. Like, that's totally something I, too, would say out loud to myself in a room. I truly would. That one and healthy looking plant. When you click on a plant, I'm like, I love this. So much so that I've been streaming on Twitch and I put little, like, sound alerts and um, I clip some lines from the game. And one of them that you can, like, play on my channel as I'm streaming stuff and spam it with is just nice big lemon. because That's awesome. Um, so I love that. I was like, all right, we're good. I like insisted on doing that multiple times. Like, I need to give this the care and attention it deserves. <laughs> but as far as the like, that doesn't work lines, those were fun for me also because um, I'm a huge fan of the Nancy Drew game series. Like, that that's honestly kind of what inspired me to go into voiceover in the first place when I was a kid. Um and if anyone's ever played those, then you know that the line they like the same recording, the same freaking wave file they reuse for like games one through 30 or whatever um <laughs> is her going it's locked it's locked like the same one over and over again it's amazing and it's like quotable it's good so i was just like that's hilarious i hope one day i too could have my own it's locked and then i became a detective myself in a game and it happened <laughs> so those were fun to do it's extra funny um when i played the game myself for the first time when it came out and like even though like i that, and I kept like I played it on stream and I just kept like laughing at myself until it stopped being funny because I was just like this is sad now like I literally <laughs> I have they gave me a walkthrough I didn't want to look at it and also I recorded myself saying the solutions I don't remember them so a lot of the times I just like ended up berating myself on the stream like my own voice so like I remember the big one um there are a couple, but the one that sticks with me from that game was, uh, that doesn't seem productive to me. And it's right. like uh, <laughs> hilarious. So, like, I'd be watching other people play it, or I'd be like, I don't know, can I use gun with lemon tree? That doesn't seem productive. Okay, I get it. I suck. I'm bad at this. Stop. So that was kind of fun, and it was also funny to creep on streams of people playing the game on Twitch sometimes, and I'd, like, lurk, and a couple of my friends played it, and... um. I would feel bad because they would like not be progressing <laughs> and then Vera would just berate them and be like shut up I get it I'd be like oh I'm sorry <laughs> like it's me it was not really me sorry um so it was fun to record just having played those games I know how frustrating those lines are I'm like I'm I'm savoring this so uh shortly after the game did you like go around the house like harassing your boyfriend saying that doesn't seem productive to most things <laughs> you would do <laughs> if oh, not man. it seems like a missed opportunity i've quoted nice big lemon like a thousand one times <laughs> and then some and he's done it as well like we go grocery shopping like just for some reason that's become like 
the meme line. Um, that and also if you played Unavowed, um, I was very happy in Unavowed to discover I was like the meme character in that game, if that makes sense. Like if you played right. it, everyone who's played it and has done the Staten Island mission, they've all like called their YouTube playthrough or stream on Twitch or whatever. Like, um, it's a tragedy. And I was like, yes, because I, I voiced the cop in the game. Not not Vicky, but um, Joy Harrison, the like evil cop in Staten Island on the boat. That right. one. Um, I was just like, it's a tragedy. It's just a tragedy. Like that one. I was just like very excited about that. Like, oh, I get the, <laughs> the meme line. So I, I find myself like quoting those in, in dumb ways um, and annoying uh, my boyfriend with it. Very fun to do. I, I love the, I just love the the notion of, of you you know parading yourself with insults to yourself as you're playing <laughs> these games that's that's bloody mint um I want to I want to ask you about about other games and projects but I, I have one more for whispers that I gotta ask yeah um, for sure I love talking about it <laughs> especially <laughs> and I, I recently played it so so every time oh, nice. you've, every time you've quoted Vera it's it's been like I, it's been jarring it's it's surreal hearing you say the lines because you go into like vera mode and you just you know you say yeah. the, the lemon line it's like oh my god like i just played it it's almost the like gives you chills line. like oh my god she's doing that's the thing do the yeah, thing yeah, it's you. really cool but um but so that being said i think a unique and really awesome aspect about that game was the way that you you know play the character you know you can develop um choose your own route as far as who Vera is as a person. Mm -hmm. um, so for the listeners who haven't played it, an example would be depending on your approach and reaction to certain things, you can become empathetic or aggressive. Let's stick with them for an example, I guess. Mm -hmm. What's it like, you know, playing the same character but displaying different, uh, you know, uh, emotional responses to the same questions? Sure. Um, that was a really fun challenge. Um, partly a challenge because when I got the script, it's not like they put in parentheses next to the certain lines, you know, that are like personality dependent. Like this one's assertive. Oh. This one's la they did not to the point wow. that uh, there was one line in particular because the game actually just had its one year anniversary um, back in April on the 17th, I want to say, because I thought it was the 16th and I was wrong, which makes me think it was the 17th. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, 15th, so I, yeah. <laughs> I streamed it and I called it the one year Anna Vera survey stream because, <laughs> yeah. So I did that. I and um, uh, the developer, or one of the developers, uh, Cliptop Games, was on the stream for a bit. And, you know, I was talking about some of the lines when I was like to record them. And there's one moment early on in the game where you're talking to this um, uh, electrician, like she's a worker on a power line kind of thing. And you're asking her like, oh, can I enter the museum? And she's like, no, because like there was a electrical problem. I'm fixing it. You can't go in like all the stuff. Um, and you get three choices to respond to her. And one is meant to be the logical line, which is like, what caused it? Was it a power outage or like very like straight to the point? Um, one was supposed to be uh, the assertive one, which is sort of like a sarcastic -y line that was like, um, will there be like, uh, I forget it. It was just like, will there be like mild, uh, will there be like a tingling senses as well? Like, I prefer my electrocutions followed by like an intense uh, bit of burning or something like kind of sarcastic. And then what was meant to be the empathetic one, as it was written, just said electrocution. That's funny exclamation point so when will you have this fixed and when i i don't have like i mean i had direction but like i didn't have okay ivy say this one this way when i saw that in my mind i thought the one that turned out to be the assertive one which was just the oh will there be in uh, sensations of this i prefer it to be with this i said it in sort of a 
jokey way, kind of, I would think anyway. I meant in my head, I'm like, that's the empathetic line. Like, you know, oh, we're being kind of silly here. Like, oh, will there be, will there be uh, you know, tingling sensations? I prefer my, electri- my uh, electrocutions coupled by an intense feeling of burning, like being kind of <laughs> funny. And then for the one that was apparently meant to be empathetic and on the stream when I was, because I, I like how I read that line. I'm like, I'm picking that line, haha. Um, and that one, I, I, the thing is, I can't quite recall if choosing that actually gives you the personality point for assertive. It might have, because that's why uh, in the chat, the developer was like, oh, we actually meant that one to be the empathetic line. But you read it in a way like we meant to like she's joking around with the worker, but you read it in kind of a sarcastic way. And I like that take better when you did that, because that one that was just electrocution. That's funny. Um, so when will you have this fixed? I read it like electrocution. That's funny. So when will you have this fixed? Like, just I'm over it. Like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Okay. When, when can I go in? I got a, I got a homicide to solve. Like, just very over it. And he's like, he liked that. So I was like, oh, great. Um so that was kind of fun. And I actually really appreciated the fact that they didn't have the uh, this one is assertive, which I think like I think it paid off because it made it sound a little more natural, in my opinion, because um, the thing I didn't want to have happen is all the uh, vanilla lines, so to speak, sound kind of boring. And all the like logical ones sound kind of boring as well. Like they go with the vanilla personality and the assertive ones sound like, you know, can I speak to the manager? And the um, empathetic ones just sound like, um, you guys, I'm going to cry. Like that just doesn't sound like the same person. Because for most of the game, you can choose between these paths. You know, um, you're not locked in until a certain point in the game. Um, and that's when it starts like autofilling, you know, based on your set personality at that point. Um so yeah, so it was a it was a challenge, but um I did each line two to three, sometimes four times, depending on what it was. So for some of the lines where I wasn't certain how like is this supposed to be like, oh, we're having like a little joke, or is this supposed to be like I'm a sarcastic like jerk right now? I I I don't know. Like I would do multiple takes on it to kind of let them choose. Um and and yeah, it was just uh kind of interesting, I guess, to see how it all played out because it I think, anyway, I'm biased as hell, but I think it flowed well. <laughs> I don't listen to it and, and cringe because I'm, I'm, you know, I feel like everyone, uh, when they create stuff, can be critical about their own creations. Um, sometimes I feel like, uh, this might be a weird analogy, hopefully you get what I'm trying to say with this, like those old clips where you've seen like like a like a boxer or something like sitting in a room like watching the black and white flickering footage of themselves over and over like analyzing their moves like that that's like me with anything when it comes out i'm just like oh god all right (laughs) devour and dissect and self-criticize but like uh i think for the most part it it uh it worked and i was actually glad that there was a fair amount of freedom in the interpretation so it wasn't like a very cartoony take on like i'm being assertive it just sounded like a person very natural yeah yeah getting the emotion across <laughs> that's it's a brilliant analogy for the creative type because uh, the, the the analogy of, of watching yourself get beat to hell is kind of <laughs> what it feels like to listen mm-hmm, back to your own stuff mm-hmm. sometimes like you, you're, yes, you're beating yes. yourself up it's, i like that a lot that's great um the other thing i wanted to say about that when you said the personality paths it made me think of um you ever play the wolf among us the telltale games honestly look it up on youtube this infamous scene in it where uh you are at um a bar in the game and you like play as big b wolf like the sheriff and you have like the woodsman there he's like your sworn enemy but you feel kind of bad for him in this moment and you're in this like shady bar and he's talking about how depressed he is and your options there are like you know um say nothing say 
like something mean, say something. This, and then one option just says glass him. And there's this infamous playthrough where someone who doesn't know what that means, glass him, goes, oh, glass him? Oh, yeah, let's let's buy him a drink. Oh, no. <laughs> you click <laughs> it and he just picks up the glass and just, just throws it in his face. And the guy freaks out on the stream like, Dude, it's like, oh, it's horrible. <laughs> so I don't think there are any glass him moments um, <laughs> in, in Whispers, which was nice. Um, that was good. I didn't feel like there was anything jarring in it, really. I mean, unless you like purposely want to just take her personality 180, which does sound like a fun way to play, quite honestly. But um, <laughs> I feel like the way it was written also kind of everything sort of made sense that this is one person who contains multitudes in different uh, situations if you choose to play her that yeah, way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you've kind of <laughs> done that before. If, if Didn't you play all of the uh, females in the uh, Renzo Racer game? Oh, like, how, how do you differentiate <laughs> yourself when you're, when you're like four completely different characters in one game oh and the only female characters? Oh, man. Well, that, that game was funny because that's, that's like a VR slash PC game. Uh, like Mario Kart style racer game where it's all a bunch of animal characters. So I'm all four female characters in it. But because that one is like anthropomorphic little like bunnies and skunks and foxes and stuff, um, they it's all different cartoony voices. So for me, when I'm allowed to be like animation, little kid style, like full on like cartoony, it's like that's when you can do like really crazy stuff. Um I think it's harder to do stuff like that in games like an Unavowed and Lamplight City. I also voice four female characters in each of those. Um, Lamplight was definitely the hardest because at least in Unavowed, one of them's a dragon. So it's like done. Dragon's not going to sound like anybody else. Like that's different. <laughs> One's a ghost from Staten Island. Like she's she's got her own thing going on. Like, you know. So there, there was enough, uh, you know, one's a bit older and the other one's a bit younger. Great. They all sound like different people. Lamplight was harder just because it's like, all right, these are like four different women in the same town in the same time period. Okay. Hmm. So that was an interesting thing where then you have to look at stuff like almost like making up little backstories for these characters if you aren't given one. Like, well, are they high status in society or low status? Where were they from originally? You know what I mean? Like, what are their takes right. on this? Like, you kind of have to develop their personality. And from around that, different speech patterns develop. Because even when the voice itself, like the actual tone or pitch, is a bit similar, um, there'll be giveaways kind of in how quickly they speak, how slowly they speak. You know, were they, like I was saying before, like, are they born into high society, low society? Like, two, two of the characters I voiced in that game, one um, is a botanist. So she's like a, a student... She's born into, like, kind of a rich family. Um, she's very smart, but a bit cold, a little snooty. Like, she, she's kind of weird. So she, so she speaks differently, even though she's a young woman, just like another young woman I voiced in that game named Ruby, who is a prostitute. And she's kind of like, you know, from the streets a bit, a bit lower class, a bit more, like sort of casual in her speech so even if like the pitch is similar they don't sound like the same person i hope <laughs> that's what i was trying for anyway um when you come in with all those uh background details it helps inform like it's even if it's the same person it's a different performance like if you've ever heard um or seen uh bob's burgers or archer it's the same guy h john benjamin you know it's the same voice but those are two very different characters and i feel like if you could hear a clip of each of those characters like you know de details of talking about burgers or secret agent stuff aside i feel like you'd be able to tell like which character he's portraying so right i'm 
not saying I'm I'm as good as him, but you know, it's it's the same the same uh mentality there where you know, you're you're one person. Well, I hear a little switch. Was that? When when you start uh, switching into character, all of a sudden you you sound different and like there's this little click that happens and you <laughs> go into it. It's actually really cool to hear. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what about, uh, I mean, do you on, only do voiceovers or do you also do like script writing or editing, uh, other types of projects? Um, I'm a writer as well. I'm a copywriter, um, professionally and I've written for, um, different magazines and things. I used to write for Epicurious.com. I've written for Lucky Magazine when that was a thing. So yeah, I've old second life with that. Um, you know, I, I write a lot of fiction for fun and poetry, that kind of thing. Um, I do professionally also do copywriting, like for ads and commercials and uh, branded videos and stuff like that, which has been helpful because I do commercial voiceover as well. So it's like very good to be on both sides of that. It's like I'm not only can, you know, I can the voiceover skills help inform my copywriting skills and the copywriting skills help inform the voiceover skills. Um, And then for uh, Global Game Jam this past January, I actually wrote my first game, which was really exciting. Um. I made a little a little uh, narrative game with uh, my boyfriend Aaron Zemek, uh, Francisco Gonzalez, our friend uh, Gotham, and our friend Ruthie as well, and we put together this little game about uh, a dad deer and his daughter who's like a doe. Uh, we made this in forty eight hours with no sleep. It was really fun. Um, where I voiced the uh, the daughter, Francisco voices my dad, and um, he did the art for it as well. Um, and uh, yeah, and I I wrote I designed the narrative tree for that because it's like a branching tree and stuff like that on a series of post its in my pajamas at like eleven p.m. Series um, of post its. <laughs> yeah, like there's a post it tree. I couldn't figure out how to do this. I was like post its. I just like laid out everything and everyone because everyone's working <laughs> on their individual pieces for the jam. I'm just like let me have this wall in two hours, please. <laughs> just kind of plan out the narrative tree and then wrote most of the uh, the actual dialogue with some additional deer puns from Francisco and Aaron. Um, and uh, and that was really fun. And it was like this cool little thing we made. And I didn't expect that after we made it, um, this uh, YouTube gaming channel called Alpha Beta Gamer, I think it's called. They, uh, they play a lot of like free stuff on itch and stuff like that. They played our game and it had like almost 30,000 views on YouTube and all these comments on it. And everyone was saying like, this game feels so cozy. This game feels like home. Um, the writing's actually really good. The, this is the arts are actually really, I love the actually, cause it's like a free game on itch that we made in like a weekend. <laughs> it's like, this is actually good. But all these people said all these nice things about, um, the script and stuff. I was like, this is great. So I would love to write, um, more games. I definitely want to do more of that. Cause you know, when I'm, when I'm doing my voiceover stuff, um, you know, you it's good when they let you have some control over script in terms of like not being married to what's written on the page. Like if that doesn't sound natural out loud or like just you know what I mean, like when they allow you to kind of play with it. Um so well, there's not some always projects. the same. What was that? When it's written down or when it when it's written down and then you say it out loud, uh, you'll have a completely different point of view on it, you know? So yeah, exactly. Nice you let you have your take. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So there have been some projects um, more than others where, you know, even for just like built into sort of the working process, it's like, all right, I'm going to kind of rework the script and then I'll record it. Cool, cool. And it's it's fun when I get to do that. 
I, I like the visual of you up at 3 a.m. with post-it notes. I, I imagine like there's some red string and thumbtacks, you know? <laughs> oh my god. That, no, that was me when I played Obra Dinn. <laughs> it was 3 a.m. with post-its yeah. and red string. Nice. God. But who was the bosun's mate? God. That game. I love that game. That gave me such a headache. I loved it so much. <laughs> Best headache of my life. The the deer game, was that, uh, <laughs> could we find that on like Adventure Game Studio? Um, I... Aaron made it in Game Maker, I think. He was the programmer for it. But it's on it's on itch. Um, oh, on itch. Okay. Uh, yeah, and it's called uh, Deer in the Headlights is what it's called. Deer in the Headlights. So it's a free free little game. It's got six different endings. It'll take you five minutes to unlock all of them. Um, it's fun. <laughs> Bias to sell. It's fun. But yeah. <laughs> so what about... Uh... What about accents? Have you done Have you done any accents besides, like, you know, uh, besides like <laughs> a, a extreme New York accent, which maybe comes a little more natural to you? Have you done Have you done True, any my, accents? My Long Island accent. Um, <laughs> trying to think, not not really in any projects. I have like I it's accents are one of those things that's like all right if I have enough time to kind of figure out what I'm doing here I can like we can make something work but I would say as far as my accents go I'm more confident in them for like a cartoony standpoint as opposed to like believable so poetry you do poetry too what I mean do you do poetry commercially or just you know, oh as no a hobby? just just as a hobby um you know I I've been writing since I was like a little kid so just uh just for fun per- personal poems that kind of thing I've written a lot of short stories and and things like that um but yeah um yeah, my my boyfriend also he uh, he makes a lot of music, and so he writes songs. He's ri- he's uh, written plays and things like that. So um, we actually he entered this contest or not a contest, it's more like a workshop. But he had to apply for the workshop. That was this musical theater writing workshop, and in it he had to write three different songs for it. And one of the songs he had to write was um, like a ballad, like a so he or a duet rather, I think. So he chose to. He's like, do you want to sing it with me? I was like, yeah. And uh, I helped him with some of the lyrics on it, so it was really fun to help write it with him. And what made it extra fun is that I've actually never played this game, and I need to, but he has, and he loved it. It was inspired by Firewatch, so we did a Firewatch-inspired uh, uh, duet together, which was really fun. So <laughs> it seems like it would be a fun thing to to maybe try to write more songs with him. I can't write music, but I can write lyrics, so <laughs> could be kind of a fun thing. It sounds bloody adorable. That is, that's cute. Yeah. What a creative duo you two are, it sounds like, actually. <laughs> yeah, we want to make more games together and things like that, which is fun. But he, he doesn't have any uh, voiceover aspirations. But I know if I if I wrote something and needed him to be in it, he would be in it. So. <laughs> you, you probably <laughs> need a bigger learn. closet. Right, exactly. Just shove him in the closet, tell him he can't come out until we got something usable. It'll work. We'll do it. You could give him his own closet. <laughs> I, yeah, because I already took his. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I was saying it earlier, but I'm I'm staying with his with him right now because um, quarantine reasons. So I literally took over his closet, and um, when I'm in here to record stuff, uh, generally I take all the couch cushions off the couch and pile them up in here to have better insulation. So like the poor man, he invited me into his home, and I took his closet and his couch. So. <laughs> It's a lot. It's a lot, but <laughs> and he's got to hear about those bloody lemons all the time. Oh yes, nice big lemon. <laughs> oh, nice big lemon. <laughs> I think that's going to be a thing now. Everybody that hears this podcast and is that hasn't played your games is now going to play the games and start saying it. So yeah, right. 
<laughs> give me whispers and get me right to that lemon tree. <laughs> <laughs> You've certainly been busy. I, I was checking out God School and watching that. It's cool oh, how yeah. it's like a Greek mythology brought into the future. There's like almost 5 million views on the first one. Yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> and what's insane about that show, it's one guy. One guy who animated and designed the whole thing. One guy. And he's like 21. That's amazing. Yeah, he's like this animation student from France. He's in incredible. Um, and he got a grant from the French government as well, which is like awesome. Um, this is passion project. And he's just like making it work. So all the comments on her are like, why is there only one episode a year? And it's like, because he's busy. Be grateful. Like <laughs> This guy's amazing. He's putting together his whole Disney quality animated show. It's insane. I think uh, I recorded the third episode for that um, last month, I think. So probably that'll. Yeah. Hopefully that'll be out like end of the year or you know by by this time next year definitely i think this time next year but um but yeah that show is really fun <laughs> wow very cool and then and then now you've just i mean you've been out there with uh the nancy drew games you've made affiliate on twitch i <laughs> yeah. mean is it just because like is this what you were doing anyways you were just sitting at home when you had some time off and you'd play the nancy drew games and then you're like hang on i should just like start doing this and doing voices and doing this for other people because you probably found it fun, right? Or, yeah, I mean, um, I've always wanted to get back into Twitch because I've done it when I say sporadically, I mean like five times in a calendar year, like a bunch of years ago. I tried it, I didn't really know what I was doing. I'm bad at setting up the deck stuff. And then when Whispers came out, I decided my first playthrough ever, I was going to live stream it on Twitch. I was like, this will be fun. So I did it. That was a year ago. It was really fun. And I was like, wow, I should stream more. And then never did. Um, and then, uh, and then you know, being stuck at home happened. And I was like, wow, now I have time. And the one-year anniversary of Whispers was coming up. So I was like, I'm going to stream it again. Uh, and I did. And it was really fun. And I got way bigger of a response than I expected. And it was just really fun to do. So I was like, gee, I wonder what happens if I stream stuff I'm not in. Will people stick around? And they did. So that was a nice surprise. And I was kind of shocked that I made affiliate within, like, a week <laughs> like which is like the minimum one can make it in so that was kind of nuts um but it was really fun and since that that happened i've been trying to stream maybe like four or five times a week um and just playing various adventure games and things like that uh because that's what i like to play anyway and it's it's fun because it's kind of uh you know encouraging me to play stuff that's been sitting in my in my steam library untouched for years it's just like you know what we're dealing this today and nice. and it's fun when people are kind of like playing along with you and things like that so it's been cool <laughs> you know so speaking of adventure games just on a on a personal note do you could you tell us like some of your favorite adventure games besides the aforementioned ones that you might have <laughs> been in and may or may not have been in um, do you have any like what are your some of your favorite classics um well for me like <laughs> I don't I don't know how old everyone is. Uh, I don't want to show my age too badly. For me, the classic stuff is what I played as a kid, which was mostly like Nancy Drew games and things like that. Um, when I was like 10 or so, that's when I played or maybe like, no, like nine, probably nine. I don't know. Like nine or 10 was probably when I played my first Nancy Drew game, which was Secret of the Scarlet Hand. And it scared the hell out of me. It was really, it was really hard and it really scared me at the end. And then I really liked it. So then I played like a ton more. So I was kind of like the first um, the first ones I played. And I was sort of obsessed with those games. That's like what got me into wanting to do voiceover because they were just really interesting. And I would like literally mute the volume on it and then like time myself saying the lines like when the text was on the screen because it was a very cool and outgoing kid. So like I did I did that a lot. And I, like that was really fun for me. Um and then I kind of stopped playing them for a bit. And then when I went to college, uh, 
my roommate and I were talking about stuff and she like quoted a Nancy Drew game randomly. And I was like, I'm sorry, what did you just say? <laughs> we kind of like bonded over that. She's like, wait, they still make them. I'm like, no way. So like she and I would like marathon them and play them together. Um, you know, and then uh, I I met my uh, ex, uh, you know, boyfriend at the time. And he, I told him I used to love these games, all the stuff. He's just like, oh, well, you've ever played like the Wajida games? I'm like, no. He's like, Telltale? I'm like, what's that? So he introduced me to all of that stuff. Um, and I played a bunch of the Blackwell games, and I really liked those. Um, I played uh, a bunch of the Telltale stuff, which was awesome. Um, I eventually played stuff like Siberia and Broken Sword, like the more classic classics, which I did not grow up with, but I enjoyed playing them several years later so <laughs> that was fun for me and now um on twitch i just finished uh gemini rue the other night which i loved but the combat was so hard oh god it was so hard so <laughs> i really like the story but i there's a, a really tricky combat and it it's not going well for me so like Oh, God, it was bad. I had the Benny Hill theme playing for most of the combat <laughs> sections. Anytime would happen. Wait, guys, wait. And I queue it up and then I do that. And then once I'd finally like defeat the guy or rather get shot like and just die in it, I would play the um, Overwatch play of the game music. So like, it was just it was a mess. Um, but I really enjoyed that one. So I'm I'm kind of like going through the uh, the back catalogs of a lot of people whose work I admire, but I just have not played a lot of the old games. Um, oh, wait, although I forgot to say, um, I freaking love the Shiva. That's an incredible nice. game. Yes, um, not to, again, not to just solely plug all my friends' works here, but I'm not involved with that game at all. But uh, that's a really cool game. I'm very glad that game exists. It's very yeah, very that's good, a lot of so. fun. <laughs> uh, no, nothing. No, I, I think only only the Jews talking have played that game. I guess. So can... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so it's so good. It's fascinating. Oh, yeah. I I played it. I played it with my boyfriend. I was just like, we got to. It'll take you like an afternoon. Let's play it together. Um, we're done. I was like, what'd you think? He's like, I'm really fascinated and glad this exists. I'm like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's our <laughs> thoughts on that. It's just uh, such a good, good, good thing that it exists. But yeah. <laughs> well, I've got I've got one more question myself. Um, so I, I, I've not been really blending too much besides the game stuff related. Again, you know, title of the podcast, etc. But mm-hmm. have you noticed, um, is there like a, is there a, a difference in recording for you know television shows etc to video games is there like a difference in approach or professionalism or anything like that um i mean stuff i've done i've only done uh like dubbing to picture a couple of times like for tv stuff um and that for my experience was the biggest uh, difference is that when i i did like an animated tv pilot for something and when i recorded that uh they had me dubbing to picture. So basically they already had the storyboards done. You know, they're kind of moving. Uh, I was also fortunate that everybody else in the episode had recorded already. I was the last one to do it. Um, I was one of the main characters in it. So like all their performances were in already. So I had that to work off of, which I'd never had before. Um, So that felt very... Na- as natural as it can be when you're voicing a nine-year-old fox boy but like it felt natural <laughs> um to kind of like be in the scene and that was also fun um because you know i've done uh like i've seen before for all the the whispers uh wallace stuff i've done for many games like you know give like a, a short grunt a large grunt you're falling you're dying you're this you're that like all the sound effects and things like that um when i recorded for this uh tv thing uh because it's a, a kid show also, 
you know, there are spaces in it where it's not a lot of dialogue. It's just a lot of things happening on screen. So in that uh, episode, for example, the thing I recorded, all the little kids in it, they were like running around this town, like trying to find this thing. So they the director literally told me he's like, okay, what I want you to do is just watch the footage like on the screen, the monitor in the booth, you know, of all the kids like running around doing stuff. He's like, you're going to notice that they like run here, stop, run here, stop. And then they see like the monster or whatever gets scared by it. Um, Give me some noises for that. React to the monster. Run away. You're going to notice your character like trips and then does like a flip, hits his head on like the vehicle before he like like lands and then jumps in it or whatever i was like okay so for that that was like a really cool experience because um you know it's already done basically so we just hit play and like you know they they do this thing with like these beeps where it's like i'm gonna beep you in you know just like these three tones so you know that's when your cue when you should start for certain lines so um you know he just kind of hit play on the footage and i'm just watching it and like panting and reacting and making like noises and grunts and like you know stuff in in real time and things like that it was also very cool to watch that come together because everyone else had recorded already so like i'm i'm watching it it's like it's coming out of my mouth but it looks like it's already done sound wise you know what i mean like uh yeah so that, that was a cool thing like i've never had that happen um with any game stuff before just because it's like you know they take the files and then put them in over the stuff. With this, it's like this is in like real time, basically, um, with with dubbing it to pictures. That was a, a very cool experience that I had not had um, with games before. Wow. Well, you're really kind of <laughs> at the forefront. You're doing all these VR games. I think you even did a, a horror <laughs> VR game a few years ago. Yeah. Quarter. What What's it like <laughs> doing a horror game for VR specifically? Is it any different than like a regular game? Um, well, I'll tell you this. I will never play it because I'm too scared. <laughs> so there's that. I've seen some playthroughs of it. It's very spoopy. <laughs> yeah, because uh, my boyfriend has a VR set now. He just got it. And he's like, oh, we could play like the Renzo Racer and Organ Quarter. I'm like, you can play Organ Quarter. <laughs> like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> never. Um, what I recorded for that, just because I'm, I'm like an NPC in that one, it was no different Um, just because you encounter her in the game like three times or so. And she just gives this, like, creepy little monologue about, like, wanting to steal your skin, but then, like, flirts with you and then, like, cries. It's very uncomfortable. <laughs> so, um, uh, from what I've seen in the playthrough, it was just that I, like, just my parts because I'm too scared to watch the rest. Um, from what I've seen on it, uh, the only thing that was interesting about it is the bit of the, like, effects they put on it echo-wise. So if you approach her from different sides, the sound sounds you know what i mean like like you're approaching her from certain angles and and things like that um it's not quite as like static if that makes sense um even though i recorded it in my closet as always like it didn't sound like recorded in a closet it sounds like you're in this creepy i don't even know where this game takes place it looks like like the inside of someone's stomach it's very gross and very cool and too scary for me (laughs) it's just this gross it's like a a cavernous thing when everything's pulsating i don't know sounds like you're there not in my closet i think you've just intrigued at least a good percentage of the audience here they're like that sounds awesome (laughs) i'm sure it is i've heard it's very good uh you had me pulsating (laughs) oh god yeah no um (laughs) all right well i I think that's about all the time we've got um before before we close out though is is there any like websites or projects or anything you'd like to to direct our listeners towards um i mean the only thing i can think of really 
um, is a game called Nighthawks, which is being published by uh, Wajedi Games and is being written and developed by Richard Cobbett, who did uh, Sunless Sea, Sunless Skies, and among other things. Um, it's an awesome vampire RPG. Um, that just dropped a teaser, which is exciting. Um, I'm in the demo for that, and we'll be in the full game for that, which won't be out till sometime next year, I believe, because we have not even recorded anything yet. But it's happening, and the the Steam page and the teaser just uh, became live for that like a week or so ago, um, which is super exciting. Um, but yeah, that's going to be a really fun one. I'm a vampire magician companion character in that game called Madame Lux. So that's going to be fun. Um, yeah. And I think as, uh, as far as uh, links go and stuff like that, I mean, I'm actually working on my website this week. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, in the meanwhile, though, um, I'm just on Twitter at SpaceCampGF. And uh, at the end of the month um, in May, I will be speaking at Nariscope, which is now a free online conference, uh, which is exciting all about um, voice acting and narrative games. So if you are a developer who's, you know, kind of curious about adding voiceover to your projects but don't really know where to start, what to do, what not to do, that kind of thing, I'm hoping this talk will be sort of like a good uh, overview on that. Um, yeah, and I believe that that should be live after the fact, too. I think Nariscope's going to have everything on their website. So, uh, yeah, that's that. <laughs> Awesome. That is, that is lovely to check out. I definitely can't wait to see uh, Wadja Eye's first non-adventure game. I think I backed that project a while ago, so I'm, I'm glad you mentioned oh, the video yeah. dropped. <laughs> I'll go check that out. Well, in the meantime, <laughs> thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure to our listeners. Thanks for listening with your ear holes. It was really nice of you <laughs> to do that, too. Very good, boys and girls. And check out... Um, sorry, I wasn't supposed to be patronizing if it sounded it. Um, check out Unavowed and Lamplight <laughs> City and, and uh, bloody the whispers of a machine and all that stuff get it stuck in your brains and and you know don't do a murder <laughs> Thank you.